evening and welcome to another edition of 48 Shades, uh, Korea's premier footballing podcast. Uh, my name is Jamie and tonight I'm joined by Paul. Paul, nice to meet you Paul. Uh, and <laughs> nice, Mark. Nice to meet you. And, <laughs> and Mark. Arichi. That makes it four uh, invitations in, in the space of five weeks for me, Paul. Um, you'll be glad to hear that you were number one, as always. I, I heard that. <laughs> as, as I'm tasked with uh, editing each podcast, I get to listen to at least the, the first 30 seconds and the last 30 seconds. So I guess that Mark won't hear that then this week, no? <laughs> Probably not. Okay, yeah, so um, as always, we're, we're going to run through a, a new... Uh, a new order this week, um, but before that, we've we'll got a wee bit of uh, opening music there, Paul. Um, what, what was that, and, and why did you choose it? Um, that was uh, Park Life by Blur. Uh, was used in probably the second or third ever podcast when Pak Jiong joined Seoul. This time, it's nothing to do with Pak Jiong. It's to do with the fact that all the people, so many people, uh, were watching K League on the Naver app today. Apparently, mm-hmm. so we obviously. We met up about nine, uh, 8 o'clock, so second half just started, and we came back and we watched a couple of the games, second half a couple of the games, uh, and when we switched on our apps, we saw that the, the Neighbour app handily gives figures for how many people, we're not sure if it's are watching at the same time or have watched during the, the broadcast, probably the latter I would think, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, so just to quote some figures... Uh, obviously, at the same time, there's the baseball playoffs, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of tidy up fixture, so the games that were postponed and that sort of stuff. Okay, so uh, just go through it. Doosan versus um, North NC, that's that's from down south, right? Changwon. Uh, 300,000 people watched that. SK versus Kia, 500,000 people. Hanhua versus LG, 240,000 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on to the football. Chonbuk versus Sangju, 110,000 people. Chonnam Inchon, 50,000 people. Kwangju Seoul, 50,000. Ulsan Tegu, 22,000. Suwon Cheju, 40,000. Pohan Kangwon, 30,000. So, respectable figures. It's not bad, is it? Not at all, no. For a midweek fixture against kind of counter program against baseball, I think we could all sort of agree that that's quite a quite an impressive number. It's it's one of the things that's really surprised me. I mean, I only moved to to, to Korea um, six weeks ago, um, but the fact that the Naver app has free, high quality access to to football. Um, I don't know about you, but you know, for me, that's just something we wouldn't get back home for for, for nothing. You know, it's, it's it's completely free. Yeah. So certainly access to sports isn't isn't much of a of an issue here. Um, yeah, so excellent. I'm, I'm glad I'm happy to see those figures. Um, <clears throat> so as always, we're going to start off by a detailed review of the matches we have seen or, or been to this weekend. Um, so why don't we start? I'm sorry to say it, Paul, uh, with your visit um, to to Incheon this weekend. Uh, nothing happened. <coughs> okay. I went. I drank. I left. I think we'll call VAR on this one and uh, have, a wee, have a wee look at the replay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, yeah I mean, what, what did happen? Mate? Obviously, what happened? when we previewed last week, the everyone was saying, oh, it's going to win there and go, go there and win that. And I think you'll find that if you listen back, I was not so optimistic as you guys. No. And I predicted a draw. Uh, in reality, it was a m- much, much worse. <laughs> um, Seoul went there. They offered nothing for the 90 minutes. I think... Union Lock missed a couple of really good chances, but generally they were so off their game, misplaced passes, lack of interest, uh, and obviously 
Song Shiwu, the, the intern guy, came on with about 15 minutes ago. Uh, and uh, maybe, what, three minutes ago, was it? Yeah. Um, Inchon break down the left the right back's out of position so Osmar as, as the left winger's coming down Osmar gets caught in two minds but does he stick with his man which is Song Shiu breaking forward or does he go to close down the left winger and he kind of checks back and at that point the left winger chips the ball over Osmar for Song Shiu to run onto and one kick one touch past the keeper into the net uh, it's a tidy finish, wasn't it? For, for, for a right-footed player cutting in from the from the left, usually you see them put it across the face of the keeper. Yeah. But he kind of dummies them and, and, and sort of sends it to his right. Went to VAR because uh, there was some some question about whether it was offside or not. Oh, um, okay. the, the camera angles I've seen is very difficult to actually tell. Obviously, we're not in EPL territory there, where, where they've got sort of forty or fifty cameras around the pitch. Here, they've not normally got two or three. Yeah. Um, the, the ref suddenly come back and said decided it wasn't offside and the goal's been given mm-hmm. uh, and that was the end of the game basically um, I didn't see any of this game I, I, the only thing I saw was the chance that Uni Lok had in the first half skied it I mean that was that was uh, as, as close to a, a sitter as I think you'll get at, at this level um, it, it seemed it kind of fell perfectly for him but um, yeah pretty disappointing result um, considering the other teams that you know in the league and in the top six especially dropping points okay so, so I'll be kind and we'll, we'll quickly move on uh, for, for that one on, on Sunday um, the only game I went to uh, was the Sol Eland well sorry Sol Eland playing away to, to Songnam yep um, Mark and I travelled down to this one together um, had a couple of beers by the river and then parted ways. Um, I was did you meet up afterwards? Uh, yes, we did because we had the Celtic game to watch together afterwards. So it, it all ended in um, in, in, in uh, it all ended in kind of quality in the end actually because uh, the game did finish two two, uh, very much a game of two halves. Um, Songnam came out really early. Um, started you know started very well. Uh, Lee Hyunil scoring in the fourth minute with a header at the back post. Um, Elan seem to have changed back in the past few weeks to like a sort of four four two, whereas I mentioned last week they've been playing a three five two, which was very successful for a while. Um, I don't know why, if it's injuries or whatnot, or if it's just a tactical choice. Um, but sometimes those balls looped into the back posts when you're playing two uh, four at the back as opposed to the three, it, yeah. you can leave you a wee bit susceptible to, to that sort of uh, cross, uh, you know, that shift in possession. Um, and it looked like quite an easy goal. Not much that really uh, Glory could do about it. Um, it stayed that way until just before half time. Philip Holhovsky um, made it two 0 with his uh, third game goal in two games. A double away to Butron last week, I believe, and, and it was very similar actually, kind of cutting in for the left hand side and rifling it in with his, with his right foot. Um, Signing of the summer, according to our Twitter account. He's, uh, or was it Mark's Twitter account? I mean, One I don't know. Or is it your Twitter account? I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I can't, you know, a bit early for that, I think. Um, he's a good player. Um, he looks wicked cutting in from that, from that left wing, but, um, you know. Again, it's only been in the past couple of days, he's a past couple of games that he's really shown it. So uh, maybe wait a wee bit before I before I make a judgment like that. But excellent goal uh, nonetheless. Um, strange game because Songnam came out and scored and then effectively chucked it for half an hour. Um, the game was all Eland, loads of possession, not so many chances, but um, you know, dominating possession. And then Phillips scores the second before half time. And, and to be honest, at half time I was thinking they could come out in the second half and collapse, uh, and they absolutely didn't. 
Uh, Choi Chi Won came out and uh, in, in the second half scored his, scored his first and then the 85th minute scored in the equaliser um, at that point there it looked all Eland um, after the second goal it looked as though Eland were going to go on and, and, and get a winner um, and I think it says a lot about, about the team that they, they, they came back from 2-0 down at this point um, not the best of results for Songnan um, it kind of leaves them in a bit of a tricky situation because uh, well basically before this game you were thinking that they had 4th place or 3rd place tied up um, Asan now uh, three points behind them, two, two points behind them with a game in hand. Of course, we don't really know how Asan are going to go this season. We don't know what's going to happen with them, but um, not the best of results for Songnam. Still leaves Eland in uh, eighth place uh, on 31 points, still three points away from Anyang. Um, but a good game, an entertaining match to watch nonetheless. Um, Paul, you, you also caught the uh, Seoul Guangzhou game tonight, is that correct? Yeah, I've just been watching that on my phone. Um, started off. Kwangju got a penalty within the first two minutes. My heart was sinking again. Um, the penalty, penalty was converted. Uh, the Seoul players actually protested it a lot, but it didn't even go to VAR. So uh, while the TV didn't show a replay, you've got to assume it was a, a valid penalty. Uh, the, the Seoul players were kind of claiming it was valid, sort of jostling. Mm-hmm. Um, the goal actually went the right way, didn't get his fingertips to it, 1-0 down. But they equalised within maybe five or six minutes after that from um, I forget what his name is Yu Sung Won who was back in the team today after a couple of months out uh, not so long after that they went 2-1 ahead um, that was the central defender scoring from a set piece uh, before half time they went 3-1 up when uh, Yi Sang Ho put a cross in the Kwangju goalie came out punched it uh, he punched it sort of towards the side of the area but it went straight into his defender's back and bounced into the goal so he went half, half time 3-1 up came out 4-1 uh, the game kind of petered out but um, Osmar got a goal to put Seoul 4-1 up about 15 minutes into the second half uh, and that's the way it finished so three points desperately needed mm-hmm. Seoul have got quite an easy run in compared to most teams so but as we've seen they're not doing so well against weaker teams so this was an important game to go and get three points and push on so we spoke about this earlier um, I was kind of making the point to you that maybe it indicates a lack of um, sort of uh, attacking prowess if, if they're quite comfortable against the teams in the top six who are more likely to have a go at them who are more likely to come at them um, does it indicate in your opinion that maybe they need something else up front another option I think I've been saying that all year that they've got rid of uh, Adriano and not replaced him at all um, with a they need a fast pacey striker um, obviously Adriano was sold um, Yu Sung-ju went Yu Sung-jun went Yu what's his name I forget anyway the guy that scored four goals against Suwon last year went to the army Takahagi's away as well Takahagi's away um, there was an at- actually an article in the Korean news yesterday saying that Seoul what are Seoul nowadays they're a team that sells their best players mm. and they're a team which recruits um, ageing sort of legends like Hardis on coming back in at 32 Day on coming back at 34 uh, and they're also recruiting players who have gone overseas <coughs> need to come back and play in the K-League for six months before they bugger off to the army yeah. such as uh, Im Young-ju who's just come back in the summer he's going to go to the army um, the guy that came back that was Shinjino who came into Seoul played a couple of months went off to the army mm. and, and that seems to be a pattern that Seoul have established so, so the first time I ever watched Seoul live was um, in 2013 at the ACL final um, in Guangzhou um, 
at that point there. Did you see me in the crowd? I can't say I spotted you. Um, but there was about 70,000 people there the other night, so uh, I can't. Um, my first ever recollection I saw was on FIFA when I noticed how about, about ten years ago when I noticed how abnormally strong they were compared to most of the the, the, the Asian teams. Um, and I remember that you know ACL side even in 2013. Um, and at that point you're playing against a Guangzhou side who didn't have quite the spending power that they, they do now. Now they still had some some terrific players for them, a few kind of expensive Brazilians that I'm, I'm sure are still hanging about there. Um, but do you think it's FC Seoul that's changed or is it the market that they're operating in because now the minute any player pops his head above the parapet in the style of Adriano and, and shows that he might be different he's inevitably going to attract offers from clubs you know a few hundred miles away who can offer him ten times the salary but I mean that is that is a fair point that any really really decent player who shows anything in the K-League is going to be snapped off by China or Japan or the Middle East but even so um I think Seoul have really sat on their laurels. Um, they've not really invested in domestic players either. Um, I think you could you could compare Seoul in some ways to maybe Liverpool, who they thought that. I mean, they obviously didn't have the glory, the the, the success that Liverpool had back in the eighties, but they kind of thought, oh, we won the league twice in three years, we're we're there, and then they kind of not gone up, not kicked on, whereas other teams have sort of invested in and. In, uh, put effort into catching up and overtaking yeah well maybe we should just summarise on, on, on Seoul this week then so we've looked at both their games uh, they're sitting in 5th at the moment 4 points behind Suwon in the uh, in the, AC, the Champions League spots um, if you look they've lost 8 games this season yeah uh, that's one, 1 against Kwangju maybe 2 against Tegu 1 against Incheon so half their losses have come against the 3 t- they might even have lost to Sangju as well mm-hmm. but there's some some terrible terrible losses there mm-hmm. well on that note we should head over to the weekend's fixtures then so we'll go back to Saturday uh, and we'll start at Gang 1 uh, the highest scoring fixture of the weekend finished 3 each yeah. excuse me uh, this pon- podcast is sponsored by Kleenex um, no, no for the reasons you may suspect um, so this game is actually nothing each going into half time and, and Mark and I were, were kind of speaking about it uh, at the time um, ended up finishing uh, Three apiece. Tomislav Marcella scored in the first and the 47th minute, followed by Jair in the 59th, making it 2-0 uh, no to John Nam. Uh, Lee Kuno double and Jinjo Gook also making it 3-2 in the 85th minute. Classic K League fashion, only for Ho Yong Jong to excuse me, Ho Yong Jun to, to make it three each. Um, High scoring fixture of the weekend. So. When you look at the head-to-heads between these two teams um, over the past few games. Um, it's kind of looked as though uh, these games are always inevitably going to end up in a, in a draw. Certainly, uh, John Nam um, won in two of the last three, but the, the other, the canal other than that, seemed quite seemed quite close. Um, and then we move on to to the second fixture: Dago zero, Suwon zero. What, what do you reckon? Uh, I think Suwon are going to be disappointed with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Seoul have gone to Dago and done badly, mm-hmm. but um, Suwon, if they were hoping to kick up their their outside chances. of of uh, kicking on for the title they need to get a win there they didn't uh, we'll come on to what they did midweek yep. in a minute but didn't get much better either did it no it didn't uh, and especially when you look at where Daegu are sitting in the league now they're, they're in ninth place uh, 31 points uh, from 30 games you would expect to want to, to, to press ahead with that any timeline on the return of Jonathan yet? Uh, not that I've seen no no so. not me either Okay, um, we'll, we'll move on to, to Saturday's last fixture. Um, 
It was Sangju 3, uh, Guangzhou 2. Um, Juman Q, again, another double. Two doubles in a week, uh, making it 1-0 after half an hour. Uh, Joju Young making it one each just after the break. Um, again, Juman Q making it 2-1 in the 90th minute. And then Song Sung Min. So that's how it finished, right? <laughs> you would think so, yeah. Uh, Song Sung Min making it two each uh, in the 90th minute. So and that's then how it finished. Kim Ho Nam making it 3 2, and I think it was Fergie time, uh, about, about 94, 95 minutes in. So we've got three goals in stoppage time. Um, Juman Q scoring his fifth consecutive, fourth consecutive game at that point. Um, so he's bang on form just now, um, and obviously ready to go. Get back to Eland and complete the, the trio the MSN of, of Korea Choi Obek Alex and Juman Q uh, and obviously uh, Incheon fans love to talk about Sung Shiu scoring late on in games in his shield time but after the weekend's game and tonight's game Mr Kim Won Nam surely stole, stolen his crown is he not? yep he's always known for, for coming late so yeah absolutely um, and then we move on to Sunday's second fixture which was between uh, Jeju and, uh, and, and, and Ulsan um, interestingly, after last week's antics with with Magno Cruz, uh, how did he get on this weekend, Paul? Uh, obviously, he fell. He flew out to the Middle East, failed a medical, came back, uh, played on Sunday, scored the winner uh, on what was it, seventy five minutes or so on the clock. So, it's, it's, are we saying that uh, standards in the Middle East are a lot tougher than they are here? I think what we're saying is that we should send more players out there to the Middle East just for a wee, you know, midweek soiree, a small break, uh, see what happens, get them back up the road, get them scoring the winners. A, a la Premier League, sort of a, a, a mid-season break to the Middle East Absolutely. to recharge. And I am utterly convinced that the only reason Scott Sinclair signed for Celtic from Villa was because of the direct flight from Glasgow to Dubai. That guy is there at least once a week. It's unbelievable. And we'll move on to the final fixtures from this weekend, which was uh, John Book. I mean, an absolute domination of uh, Pohang. Um, a double from Lee Dong-guk, uh, Lee Sung-kee, scoring as well as Lee Jae-sung. Um, so we're briefly looking at the, the fixtures from this weekend because there was a full card of fixtures this evening. Um, every team in the top flight playing. Um, maybe we have a, have a look at these. At one point we went um, full modern soul. Yeah. Uh, and you should never go full modern soul. Uh, and we had three consecutive fixtures. I've, I've got to say, I've got no idea how he managed to do it because no. you've got three, three lots of screens to watch, mm-hmm. three lots of commentary to listen to. How do you keep up with any of it? Well, we were an iPad and two iPhones uh, yeah. on the Naver TV app. So maybe about 40,000 of those views is, is Tim sitting out an inch on, uh, yeah. kind of multitasking. Um, but Shout out to the guy anyway, thank you for his efforts. Um, yeah, so we've obviously looked at the Guangzhou game against uh, Seoul, but I think there's only... You've also got to see that he's got like four or five screens of football and he's got a couple of screens of porn going at the same time, right? Well, I mean, you said that, no me. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll move to the probably the big fixture of the night, or certainly one of the two bigger fixtures of the night. Uh, John Book playing uh, at home to, to Sangju Sangmu. Now, John Book went at half-time, um, 1-0 up. Uh, Kim Min Jae getting sent off uh, it looks like just before half time Paul did it finish this way? Uh, no it did not uh, all turned around in the second half mm-hmm. as uh, your man Ju Ming Yu popped up uh, on the hour mark and got the equaliser mm-hmm. uh, and then we sort of turned this on for the last 20 minutes didn't we? Well, yeah but we're thinking about what's, what's probably the most well actually we thought at first what's the most likely to get more goals which was the Pohang game um, but then we kind of think well what's the most important in terms of you know Possible permutations for the for the top four. 
which mean we got to see Chumbuk absolutely battering Sangju mm -hmm. for the last 10 minutes yeah. and then Sangju go on the counter attack and your man Kim Ho Nam sweetly taking goal was it not? It was sensational um, breaks down from the right hand side cuts in and at first like when I first saw it because we were watching it on our iPhone screen I was thinking goalkeeper's at fault you know that's that's the goalkeeper that's, that's, that sold the jersey there um, but in all fairness uh, to, to Hong Jong Nam it was um, it wasn't at all it was a postage stamp finish um, left foot leathered into the, t the top left hand corner of, uh, of his goal goalie got a finger to it right did he yeah did he, did he not I didn't uh, I, I thought it looked like it did to me but I hope he didn't because I think he would be out for a while if he did get a finger to that it was an absolute rocket and it just leathered off the inside of the crossbar into the back of the net um, I think John Book took kick off after that and that was the end of the game yeah I think they basically got to take the kick off and then the, the ref blew his whistle yeah. so yeah, I mean that's that's a that's a bad loss uh, in the context of the other fixtures. Uh, people are going to cover the night. Um, the next fixture actually we, we will cover. Yeah. At least Seoul were away to enjoy. Yeah, at least. <laughs> um, Jeju, we've spoke about it for a couple of weeks about the the run of fixtures that that Jeju had coming up. Um, we've spoke about possibly how this could, you know, give some indication about their title credentials and whether or not. You know, they had any hope of, of catching John Buck. Um, but after tonight, I don't think there's much doubt, do you? Uh, no, I mean, they, well, I think, see, see, last week, on, on last week's podcast, we talked about them coming to Seoul, and I wasn't impressed at all. No. But tonight, we watched again, uh, obviously, they've destroyed, did they, did they destroy Seoul or I mean, I think it's, it was, what we watched, it was all Seoul. For the last 20 minutes, it was all Seoul. Um, so, it's kind of hard for us to, to catch the, you know, the, the overall gist of the game, but. Can, can I show you the, uh, the first change your goal okay is this for uh, audio this. description watch this okay so I'm watching a stuck screen just now I'm going to rewind it because Paul's oh. forgotten to, to do that watch this gets um, the ball lumped up field lumped up field Magno Cruz oh my goodness okay oh wow okay do you want to describe what happened for yeah okay for so it was a, a punt up field um, so really he's, he's about what five five yards up from his own eighteen yard box. Yeah, he punts up field. Shin Hwa Young comes comes to collect it. The, wait, the the goalie comes to collect it. He puts his arms up, realizes outside of his area, so he tries to head it, but it goes over his over his head and dribbles into the. Into this is like one of those live reaction YouTube videos right now. That's yeah. that's insane. That's a that's a horrendous first goal to give away. Yeah. Um, well, the goal certainly was was credited to Jovanovic. So I was thinking that I thought actually maybe a corner or a header, um, but no, the big man big man clearing it from from the back there. Um, okay, and then it was uh, Jin Song Wook to make it two 0 Yeah, or was that the second goal, Paul? Okay, I was wondering if they're showing if it's Jovanovic why they're showing the Korean player in the replay. Yeah, but I think that was him running away celebrating for, for chasing the ball up. Yeah, it was. Ah, okay. So it was it was Jovanovic that yeah, scored that first goal, uh, and that came in the tenth minute. And then we've got Jin Song Out making it two 0 in the fifteenth minute. Now again, I got another guy we spoke about recently, Santos um, coming up coming up trumps for for Suwon in the in the absence of of Jonathan making it two one just before half time. Um, do you think Yoon Bukgaram's uh, you know, kind of joining joining Jeju at the start of the season. Do you think that's a possible reason for for, for the success this season? Uh, he he was much maligned by many K League fans, including the Songnam Posse. Um, obviously, went to China for a year or so. Didn't work out too well, so he's come back. I can't say I've seen his name on the score sheet that much, but maybe he's working behind as a midfield general, directing mm -hmm. things. So 
Yeah, I think Magno Cruz's form is something we've spoken about at some length, but um, certainly you know I've only seen him a few times this season, and they're an exciting team to watch. But I'm just kind of wondering if, if maybe you know his time away has served him well, and you know certainly the form he showed before he left, he was he was a terrific player, um, in, my, in my opinion. Um, but then he scored there, so, so I should mention he scored the, the third goal there, making it three one in fifty in fifty one minutes. Now, one incident in this game that we did catch. Um, was a successful implementation of VAR. Yep. I don't think I've ever seen that before in my life. Um, Quack Quang Son in the 73rd minute. Now, do you want to describe the incident for us, Paul? So, um, the Cheju guy has got his, he's, he's trapping the ball, he's got his back to the Suwon defender. Mm-hmm. The Suwon defender goes for the tackle, misses it, and then he kind of goes again, but he gets absolutely nowhere near the ball. He's not even using the, the foot that he should be using if he's going for the ball right foot right on the ankle of the Cheju player terrible terrible I don't think I'm not quite convinced it was deliberate but it was a terrible terrible tackle Uh, really twisted his ankle and uh, nothing given in the first place but through the VAR the referee decided to give a a red card at which point the Suwon players protest vehemently Mm. Uh, I'm not quite sure why they would do that because the referees had the chance to see the video Mm -hmm. I I mean back in the day when we didn't have VAR you could say, well, maybe the referee's got it wrong, but the referee's gone over, seen the video replay, and then made his decision. Mm. How can you even con- con- sort of comprehend about disagreeing with it? I thought this was a stonewall. The minute they showed the replay, um, I can understand, you know, your point because he, he goes for the tackle with his right foot, uh, and your man from Jeju is clearing it with his left. Um, yeah. But he, for me, clearly stamps on his standing foot as he's as he's knocking the ball away now. You know, there's plenty. Of, he he's reaching for that. You know, there's plenty of ground for him to stand on to to sort of regain his stance and sort of you know start moving in the opposite direction or start tracking back. He kind of overreaches a little bit and just plants his foot on the you know on, the, on your man from Jeju's uh, right ankle as he's clearing yeah. the ball with his left. Yeah. If he's got all his weight on that, it could be a, a bad injury. But the referee was right to use the VAR, and, and it, in my opinion, was absolutely 100% correct to send him off for it. Yeah. So. Yeah, so yeah, that leaves uh, Su one with ten men. But despite that, uh, Lee Jong Sung making it three uh, two. Sweet shot from the edge of the area. Lovely, lovely goal. Um, did you ever really fancy Su want to come back into this one? Um, at that point, you're going to say ten men against a strong Cheju. You don't fancy them, but they did put up a good fight and they did have the chances, didn't they? Mm-hmm. they certainly did. Um, there was that chance right in time added on mm-hmm. where the Su one guy was. He's basically one two it, so he was through on goal. But somehow the Cheju keep the Cheju defender got back and blocked it and cleared it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think Cheju, you know, all credit to them. Um, you know, they've done well this past week. Six points at a possible six, and and it leaves them in a very strong position, just three points behind behind John Book, who obviously lost uh, tonight. How did Ulsan get on the weekend? Uh, Ulsan at the weekend they were uh, against Jeju so they were they, were, they, uh, so lost, they lost right, yeah. so, so uh, the way the fixtures work this year is it's a bit strange Jeju are playing the fixtures that effectively Seoul played three weeks ago it looks like okay. um, so that it's almost like they've passed each other when they played uh, a few weeks ago so now Jeju are taking the fixtures that Seoul kind of went into the game against Jeju having played um, that means that Jeju are only three points behind uh, John Book and they actually play each other uh, in the last game of the season so I'm sorry we're just just a wee ship passing by there. Um, that's uh, that's Seoul season. Um, but yeah, they uh, <laughs> they they actually play each other on October the eighth on, on the last game of the season there. Yeah. So um, that that could potentially lead to you know to a quite an exciting finish to the regular season. Certainly. So what were the other fixtures tonight? Well, I think we should 
give uh, a bit of credit to Pohang. Um, Pohang uh, defeating Gangwon 5-2, uh, which is you know a bit mental considering the season that they've had so far. Uh, yeah. They took the lead in the 15th minute, Lavinia making it 1-0 before Kim Kyung Jung made it made it one each. Uh, Gangwon took the lead then in the in the second half with Moon Chang Jin making it 2-1, and then all of a sudden. Bohang turn on the thrusters and for the 57th minute to the 89th score four goals uh, making it 5-2 um, Bohang have had a bit of a patchy season so far Paul but um, do you really fancy them as a team that could come up with a result like this? Uh, no because they I mean general consensus around has been that Bohang have been underperforming greatly this season um, I suppose mathematically they've still got a hope of making the top six uh, before tonight it was a, a quite far off prospect but with that win against Kangwon they're now only four points behind so a win against Seoul at the weekend and they'll be right back in the mix one win in their last 11 games before tonight so they were in a situation where they'd, they'd won you know pretty much three points five points from the last eight nine games um, you have to look back at some of the fixtures and think that you know if they'd have picked up a point here and there that, that they would put themselves in a much better uh, position to, to you know to get to that top six but as it stands right now they're what four points off of gang one yeah you know, if, you, if you look at their win win draw loss record mm-hmm. the number of wins they've got is roughly the same as Seoul or Kangwon but they're just lacking in draws right yeah. they've lost the games they should have drawn mm-hmm. which well you just seen they've probably drawn something they should have won and then mm-hmm. lost a bunch that they should have drawn if they're going to be s- uh, significant challenges yeah well, second last fixture of tonight, um, we should we should look at is uh, Ulsan against uh, against Daegu. Um, did you fancy Ulsan for this one before the game? Um, obviously, Daegu have been weak all season. Mm-hmm. Their good result against Suwon on Saturday was probably a misnomer. Uh, mm-hmm. Back to normal form tonight. Uh, they've lost three one. Three two. Three two. Sorry, yeah, oh, they, got, yeah. they got a late equaliser. Yeah, yeah. Winbickler uh, for, for Ulsan scoring first before Junior Nagral scoring his first of two goals of the night. Uh, Subotic and Abbey making it 3-1 for, for uh, Ulsan Night of the Foreigners Night of the Foreigners uh, Five goals, not a single Korean uh, goal scorer in sight um, Yeah, Ulsan kind of needed that victory I'm guessing You know, 50, 54 points uh, so far for the season of Four points ahead of Suwon and Again, you know, especially given Suwon's result tonight Could be a really valuable three points come the, come the end of the season Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we'll, we'll finish up with the last fixture from tonight um, Not much to be said um, fair play to Inchon, making it four points from a possible six, but uh, they drew nothing each tonight away with, with, with John um, Dragons. Um, quite impressive considering you know how, how they've been doing so far uh, over over the course of the season. Um, they've got a habit of making lap, like sort of late runs to keep themselves safe. Uh, maybe this is the start of one of those. Well, actually, I was going to say they haven't lost a game in the last five now. The last time they lost a game was against Jeju. And that was at the beginning of August, so they're actually on a bit of a streak at the moment. On the other hand, uh, Sangju's last-minute win to Chom- against, away against Chonbuk means that they actually leapfrog Incheon and out of the relegation zone. So uh, Incheon will need to make some more inroads if they're going to yeah. avoid that relegation playoff. Excellent. Okay. Well, let's do a quick recap then of the other fixtures from the challenge for, from from this weekend. Then. Um, Challenge seems to me this season out with uh, the battle between Songnam and Asa, and that pretty much the positions seem um, seem seem decided upon. Yep. Um, Buchon, you know, if they had any hope of, of catching up with Busan, had to had to make a statement this weekend, but um, were unable to do so. We've spoke now for three weeks consecutively uh, about this Busan team kind of being quite underwhelming when 
excuse me, whenever you watch them. But um, again, they made it another victory this weekend. Um, Busan kind of seem like one of those teams that just tend to grind out results. Um, they play Seoul Elan this weekend uh, on Sunday night. 59 points, now only four, uh, excuse me, five points away from Gyeongnam. And maybe that Gyeongnam side that looked invincible uh, a couple of months ago starting to show some flaws. What do you, what do you think? Uh, I think if you look at the uh, the match they played this weekend, uh, the result they had, it may be time to start sort of getting a little bit... I'm not going to say they need to start panicking, but they need to be start getting a bit worried if they can't put away yeah. teams like the mighty, mighty Tejon. To be fair, uh, to Tejon, like, that's two consecutive wins, is that right? Um, two consecutive victories for them over the past couple of weeks. Uh, they, oh, I tell you, I know, it's not at all. Uh, completely <laughs> ignore me. Um, first win in six. First win in six, but hey, who, who cares about the facts anyway? Um, for some reason, I had it in my mind that they, they had... Oh, they did actually, it was Asasan, yeah, on the 10th of September. Um, so yeah, that's two consecutive victories for, for Dejon in, in, in two games. Um, so, yeah, building to Dejon again, big shout out to you. Paul Neat uh, and his boys for persevering there. Um, last minute winner as well, wasn't it? Last minute winner. It was uh, your man Huang Yin Bom, the, the been former Benfica target, who, who made it one each just after half time, equalising after Jin Hyung Chul's uh, uh, opener. Um, ten men, Dejon, I should argue for, you know, I should suggest for the record. And then Levin Shengalia, who I've never heard of before, but sounds like a bad illness, um, making it 2 1 in the 89th minute. Yep. Yeah. Mm. That's a pretty big result for Dejon, but possibly even bigger for for, for Gyeongnam if if they maintain this form uh, getting into the last few games of the season, then it, it may not end uh, the, the kind of fairy tale that we all anticipated. Um, going into Sunday's fixtures, Asan bouncing back from that defeat to to Dejon, um, defeating Anyang three one away from home. Uh, that was a, a hat trick from Kim Hyun. Mm-hmm. Um, always good to see a domestic player get a hat trick. Uh, 3-0 up with before the hour mm-hmm. um, game was fixed over, wasn't it yeah I think so yeah so yeah Anyang setting in 7th in 7th good win you know can say, excuse me, excuse me uh, Asan sorry setting in 5th and, and a good win considering the result with Songnam um, you know that's uh, it's one of those ones where you know if, if, if Asan and Songnam drop points at the weekend then you're sort of maintaining the status quo but but by picking up that victory it kind of Creeps them up closer to uh, closer to Songnam and, and, and fourth. Again, of course, as we mentioned, there is that you know possibility that uh, you know that, that Asan may not actually allowed to be promoted in the first place, depending on how things go with Sangju. But I guess tonight has implications for that as well. Yeah. Excellent. And the last fixture from the challenge at the weekend, Ansan uh, beating Su one two 0 away from home. Um, another foreigner dominated uh, game. This one, Paul. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, as you clear it away, Raul Tarragona mm-hmm. scored two goals for the away team. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see who scored the the other goal. There was none. It was two 0 oh, uh, you, you didn't say it was two one. This podcast is sponsored by Desperado um, for all your tequila and beer needs simultaneously. Uh, okay, so let's uh, move us over nicely to the winner and losers of the week. Okay. Um, so we'll start with our winners. Um, Paul, can I ask you who 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 is this week's winner for you? Um. After the weekend, I was going to say Cheju, uh, not. I wasn't going to say Cheju. I was going to say Suwon, mm-hmm. because although on Saturday they would have been devastated by a nil-nil draw with away at Tegu, mm-hmm. after Seoul went away and lost to Incheon, they would have been satisfied with making a further point gap. Yeah. Obviously, they've gone away and they've gone and lost tonight. So and Seoul have made up two points again. So uh, I can't say that. I'm going to say 
overall my winner for this week is Mark because clearly in last week's podcast he did say he was going to come out to Incheon and watch the game yeah. and he did fail to do so and and yeah he definitely benefited from that because it was an absolutely crap worst game I've seen this season yeah, well I did as well so technically I'm also one of the week but any K-League related in a non-CAS uh, sponsored way um, yes K-League related you've got to say Cheshire right yeah. two wins they've, they've made up points on everyone so yeah well I'm putting on my leopard print tinted glasses this week and uh, choosing my one of the week as uh, Jim and Q um, three goals over the course of two games that makes it seven in his last five games in the K-League for a guy who last season was at 14 goals I think and the season before 23 goals um, surely he must be on the cusp of the national team again what do you think? Um well, you, you think he would be, but not according to rumours in the Korean press. So, well, actually, we'll, we'll cover our quick losers of the week, and then we'll, we'll move on to that exact thing. Yeah. Um, who have you got as loser of the week? Um, I, I guess Sue, one of the ultimate losers in terms of K League, but I guess it defines. It depends how you define loser, because I was really annoyed at, at the Incheon game on the Sunday where Seoul had played crap for ninety minutes. They'd lost to a team that was ten point, well, six or seven places below them uh, in a game they really needed to win uh, and when the players came over to do their end of match sort of greetings most of the Soul fans were clapping and I thought mm-hmm. what a bunch of losers you, you can't be doing that I mean you gotta, you got to are you having it? are you going cannibal? are you turning on your own? I don't think you can be satisfied with the performance I mean there are times when you play well and lose this was not one of those times this was one of those times where the players didn't appear to care at all didn't appear to make any effort at all. There were so many misplaced passes, um, runs where they just didn't. Where what a one-two where the guy thought the player would make a run, he didn't make the run, so it went out for a throw in or whatever. They had one or two sort of half chances. We talked about Unilogs, um, yeah, Sky thing, uh, and yet the players come over and the fans are there clapping, saying. Yeah. Do you think it could be argued that at the business end of the season it's probably in the benefit of the team to, to sort of throw that support behind them anyway as opposed to offering them any sort of negative input with four or five games left to go? Uh, I'm not I'm not a trained psychologist so I don't know but you, I was talking about this with Ryan on Twitter earlier saying if if the fans do that do the, the players sort of lose some, some kind of desire to show what they can really do? I think tonight's result maybe suggested otherwise. Uh, I think I have to disagree with you because it's a completely separate bunch of players to those. Well, that's fair enough. Actually, <laughs> I guess maybe uh, you applause like that then. I uh, okay. Well, I'm actually calling my loser of the week, Gyeongnam. Okay. Uh, I'm going to pick Gyeongnam this week uh, purely because Busan, um, Busan just keep uh, treading on. They they keep moving forward, and uh, that's a couple of times now. I mean, certainly for the first three months of the season, we thought that Gyeongnam were going to just uh, we're going to just romp home this season, but. Um, it looks as though actually they, they, they may kind of run into a few bumps, and I think losing day you know Dejon at the weekend there in the context of the season for Dejon is, is a shocker, and it really opens doors for, for Busan. So um, I think I'll take him as my loser for, for the weekend. Have to see how they respond this weekend. But we'll see. We'll see how they do. Okay, so any other news? Um, you mentioned uh, the the squad selection this week and how Jim and Q will likely be omitted. Why, why would that be? So uh, Shin Tae-yong is going to announce his squad for the upcoming friendlies with Russia and Tunisia on Monday but there was an article, article in the news today saying that he's likely to omit all the domestic players this time around so his, his last squad had a healthy chunk of domestic players 
this time it seems he's going to only pick players who are playing overseas in Europe, Ch- Japan or China. Mm-hmm. Uh, one turn up for the books is it seems there's a 50-50% chance he's going to pick uh, Eason Wu, okay. ex of Barcelona, uh, now of somewhere in Italy, I think, Verona Hellas. Hellas Verona, yeah. Yeah, so. Is he or is he the one that moved to Spain? No, he, one he, went to Spain, yeah. He's the one in yeah. Italy. Okay. Um, don't know if you have any opinion about that. Um, the only thing I know about that kid is his crazy haircuts. Uh, I saw him last year play in the Under-20 World Cup, as at the Under-19 World Cup. Um, I wasn't too impressed f- f- from what I saw, but I mean, if, I guess you have to try these kids. You know, I guess you have to. I, I just think that, generally speaking, if you look at your Wayne Rooney's, your Michael Owens, the, the Norwegian kid, mm-hmm. if they're they're good enough, it doesn't matter how old they are, right? Then Absolutely. Up until now, career is not taking that kind of attitude, but. If he's, if he's good well we're going to find out if, it, if it's all hype or not right yeah and I think that, that you know the thing is as you say you know Korean fans have generally not had that type of attitude I certainly can't recall any Korean players at that age going overseas and signing for a club like Barcelona know, Barcelona can you? no I mean obviously the, the article said that he, he went to Barcelona at the age of sort of 14 or 15 mm-hmm. and then because of the, the the dubious transfer he basically sat around for a couple of years doing nothing yeah. which has impacted on his development um, he came back a, here last year didn't he yeah uh, and now he's switched from Barcelona to Italy so yeah. hopefully it's a team in the Italian second or third division so Hellas I think I think they maybe Serie A but they're not definitely not no, Serie A maybe Serie A B then eh? maybe it's possible so uh, I'm not sure how many games he's getting at the minute but hey you can only try yeah I think we said last time well a couple of podcasts ago that there's no point picking Korean players that are sitting on the bench in Europe definitely. you've got to p- pick pick players who are playing regularly and are up to game fitness so absolutely and uh, yeah so on, on, the, on the topic of the national team uh, I'm, I'm led to believe that Hiddink uh, quote, quoted this week as saying he would do anything he can um, to, 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 to help the national team here in Korea anything you want to add to that so I also read that in, in the news that he's going to travel to Moscow in October and meet with Shin Tae-yong and they're going to have a chat about what he may or may not be able to offer whether that's uh, official support or just back channel support mm-hmm. uh, I also saw on the Korean football forums today that the uh, some of the Korean football fans who are anti-KFA I'm not sure if they're pro-hitting or just anti-KFA but they're going to uh, organise a candlelight protest slash march going from Gwangamun to KFA headquarters uh, to let their displeasure be known um, also in the Korean football news there was a couple of VAR decisions at the weekend. Most of the fans are coming and saying that VAR, VAR is a good thing. Um, there was a, a definite uh, impression among K-League fans that the the corporate teams were getting some favouritism against the citizens' teams, and it's generally seen that VAR sort of stamped that out, and everyone's on a, a fair playing field. Uh, beyond that, I don't know if you saw in the news, but uh, obviously the playoff last year between. Kangwon and Songnam was a bit controversial because Kangwon played a player who was on a fake Syrian passport as their Asian quota player. The courts have come out this week and said that that game. So the first leg was nil uh, nil in Kangwon mm-hmm. and then one all at Songnam. The the, the 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 dodgy Syrian played in the one all draw at Songnam. Courts have come out and said that game should be annulled and award three nil to Songnam. I, don't, I mean, calling him a dodgy Syrian is a bit of a stretch, isn't it? <laughs> Um, so, 
So the K League have decided to appeal that because they're saying, well, it's all very well to say a reward is a 3 0 win, but that's going to screw up the whole season. How are we supposed to deal with that? How are we supposed to administer that? Yeah. Uh, have you got any ideas about what they should do if, if the decision is upheld? Uh, what do you do? What do you just promote Song Nam again this, this season, whatever happens? I mean, and give them a bit, chuck them a bit of cash. It's a bit of clusterfuck, isn't it? Um, you could really get gang one, you know, 100%. You could say at the end of the season that, okay, irrespective of what happens this year, the only side being relegated are gang one. Um, I mean, that's that's a hard question. I mean, it's exactly it exactly falls in that line between you know implementing rules and implementing laws and sports. And part of the beauty of the game of football, in my opinion, you know, and, and the reason why I you know, personally don't really enjoy VAR so much is that there's a sort of romance to the game um, yeah. where people are fallible, people make mistakes and, you know, those mistakes are as important as the things that they do well uh, and I understand that administrative manners like this can be, uh, you know this can be misconstrued as sort of a living for something as silly like that but um, I can't say that I can think of any obvious resolution to it, to be honest with you I mean, the best part of 10 months ago, 11 months ago um I think Mark would, you know, I don't want to speak for Mark. I mean, when, when do you ever really want to speak for Mark? But uh, it's possible that even he would say, like, you know, what, we're nine months into the season, six months, seven months into the season, like, you know, what would you gain from it? Um, the obvious outcome, I guess, and the only outcome would be to relegate Gang 1 at the end of the season, irrespective of, of how they position in the league. But would you then also promote Song Nam, regardless of how they finish? I mean, I guess the argument could be made. Yeah, it's a straight swap. Any other team who's in the relegation positions or the relegation playoffs will continue as normal, and those two teams will just effectively swap position at the end of the season. I mean, it could, it, you know, it seems like the most logical thing to do. Or give them another playoff, replay the playoff. Absolutely not. Unfair for a number of reasons. That the, 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 you know, the, the kind of loss of revenue for Songnam will mean they've downsized in one way or another, or they, you know, perhaps Wang Yi Joe was sold, you know, because. They didn't have the funds to do it, and he could be arguably noted as the, the top goal scorer. Um, so there's permutations here that go beyond just what the court says, but certainly for me, like there's no obvious outcome other than maybe just a straight swap in terms of league position when they when they uh, when the season finishes. But what if it comes at the moment? Can want to cling to sixth. If they go on a massive run for the last sort of seven or eight games of the season, get into the ACL, and then we're going to make the decision. What do you, what do you do then? You let them continue in the ACL, you it would be a straight swap. But there's no way the AFC are going to accept someone into the ACL in that situation. But should the ACL accept Guangwon if they've been fielding any eligible players or not to guarantee their the status in the ACL club? I mean, the likelihood of this happening is pretty slim. The, the Kaylee are lucky in a, in a lot of respects because, of course, as I mentioned earlier, a couple of times, you know, you've got the issue of, of administrating this. Asa and Sanju situation where what happens if Sanju finish in the bottom of the table and does that mean that uh, you know Asan comes straight up? Um, it looks certainly after tonight's fixtures and, and over the past couple of days that the goals for Jumin Q are going to keep Sanju up this season, which kind of means that that question isn't going to really be asked uh, anytime soon. But um, this one maybe become a bit more bit more pertinent towards the end of the season. Yes. Songnam fans aren't wanting to keep, keep quiet though, you know, so so maybe. Uh, you know, maybe they would be able to offer some alternative um, a protest or some sort of, you know, one of the games. 
I guess we'll uh, keep keep our listeners posted as as things develop. Absolutely. Um, any of you half a zillion, half Syrians out there want to get in touch with us and, and then let Paul know that you're unhappy with his uh, dodgy Syrian quote, then, then then feel free feel free to give us a shout. It's a bit weird that we're also sort of uh, kind of cheering Syria in the World Cup qualifiers while bemoaning their dodgy Brazilians in the. Uh I'm not really sure you can blame Syria for the fact that this guy claimed to be from there. He must have got a, a, a Syrian passport somehow, which means there's a corrupt official out there issuing Syrian passports. Sign me up. <laughs> I'll take it. After this week at work. Anyway, uh, yeah, so that moves us on uh, to, to our last uh, what Korean fans are discussing on the forums of this week. Um, Paul, any updates on, on what you've been discussing on the forums this week? So, you might recall I sent you a, the English draft of an article which I'm submitting to a Korean uh, tourist monthly magazine. Uh-huh which was this is supposed to be about something which is near and dear to me in terms of Korean culture. Mm-hmm. I wrote about uh, Sangam Seoul World Cup Stadium and Korean football culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, you read the article. Yeah. Do you think it was... A, obviously, I had to put a bit, of a bit of a positive spin on it. Yeah. Uh, and then I also do a monthly article in the Tonga Ilbo, which is one of the Korean uh, daily newspapers, mm-hmm. a slightly conservative one. I basically translated that. Uh, they went through and edited it a bit for length but the the, uh, the main part of the article was in there uh, and that went up on the internet on Tuesday mm-hmm. and Korean fans weighed in with their opinions about it yeah and have you had help for your length before? <laughs> they always say it's too long ok well, well played well played um, so yeah so why this week why uh, why did you choose to look at Sangha? Um, in well obviously when the the Korean tourist magazine came to me and said write about something that you that you know that you like that's sort of to do with Korean culture I didn't want to do another tired review of Kangbukong or Nori Banks or not yeah exactly so uh, obviously there's not that many foreign K-League fans out there mm-hmm. so I decided to write about something which is near and dear to me which I know about and which I thought I could put a unique spin on and sort of a one-off uh, that also happened the deadline for that was like two days before the de- deadline for my monthly Korean article so I thought kill two birds with one stone just translate it submit it yeah. done with it I did actually write about the K-League uh, back in maybe March mm-hmm. for opening weekend of the K-League uh, that that article didn't go down so well it was basically ignored mm-hmm. uh, but this time about 50 or 60 responses sort of comments beneath the article mm-hmm. if you exclude the sort of 20 or 30 which were like bloody FC Seoul blah 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 yeah mostly Mark yeah. and then some comments on your length yeah um, the opposite, as I said I could kind of put a positive spin on the article uh, and I guess most of the responses were due to that sort of saying why is he not talking about the, the poor state of the grass mm-hmm. uh, why is he not talking about the fact that there are not many fans in the K-League mm-hmm. and then a couple of other sort of pro uh, overseas football saying yeah K-League's a bit crap I much prefer the EPL or, or La Liga etc etc so writing that article I'm guessing you've got a bit of history with Sangam uh, yeah I actually was at Sangam's first ever game back in 2001 excellent that segues us on nicely to this week's flashback K-League as it's known here but in actual fact well from now on being known as K-League Classics um, Paul you've chosen this week's K-League Classic um, what fixture have you gone for what have you gone for I should say I thought um thought I'd talk about the, uh, the first ever game held at Sangam uh, was back in what November 2001 mm-hmm. uh, Croatia were the, the guests for that first ever game 
Uh, I was in pres- I was present, uh, finishing a two 0 win for Korea. Okay, so so why were Croatia in town anyway? That I wouldn't know. Well, you know, Croatia at that point were passing the torch on because they were the third best team in the world uh, after the 1998 World Cup. Of course, they had Bobans, one of them Boban. They had Davos Sukia, Robert Prozenetsky, these guys playing for them in the 98 World Cup. Yeah. Um, but it looks to me as if they've played a couple of games uh, in Korea in the space of a short period of time. Why, why would they? Why would they be doing that? So obviously, Korea built. Uh, nine or ten new stadiums, brand new stadiums for the World Cup, and they had to have opening sort of test games for each of ah, them. Okay. So they'd invite a couple of clubs out who'd then go and play at one or two stadiums. Uh, so basically, the, the back end of 2001 and the first couple of months of 2002 was all opening games for all these different stadiums. Okay. I think you'll find Scotland also came out, England also came out. So Croatia broke in Sangam uh, and Guangzhou, and, yeah. and Korea broke in Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so so you were at the game that night. So tell me, when you when you were going to the fixture, you know, what do you remember about walking to that game? What do you remember about going to to the stadium? So, I kind of before that I'd been going to a few games for the Korean national team, but this one I wasn't sure if I was able to go to at all. Uh, but on the day, I figured I had the time. Uh, most of the tickets are sold out in advance, so I need to go to the stadium earlier uh, and queue up to get tickets on the day. I went there. There was a massive queue. They were selling maybe three or four tickets per person in the queue. Um, by the time I got to the front of the queue, I was only able to get one ticket. Uh, but there were also a lot of people behind me who couldn't get any tickets at all. Um, and at that point, uh, fans started getting a bit uh, bullshit. So we said, Bloody say. foreigners coming out of your country and taking our tickets. <laughs> so you know, um, the if you go to the Sangam, the, the, the ticket office is kind of... In a, in a caravan yeah. inside, right? So, Korean, some of the Korean fans were surrounding the caravan and banging on the walls. They got some sticks and were banging on the glass windows trying to say, "Give us some tickets." Obviously, you can't sell tickets that don't exist. Um, I kind of made my way to the front and stopped because there's this petrified sort of girl on her work, work experience and mm-hmm. kind of interns so selling tickets. And did you get a number? I, I did not. She was. Well, I guess I was quite young then, actually, but. 20, about 25, 24. Smell like you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, the, the Korean fans were out. I, I, uh, I positioned myself in front of the window and stopped them from banging on the glass. Uh, and then, as a reward, she actually gave me an extra ticket, which was. With a number written on it? <laughs> didn't see that. It's in a totally different section of the ticket I already had, so. But anyway, uh, hang out until the, till before kickoff. The manager swapped my ticket for something in the, at least the same end. Mm hmm. Went in there with uh, my girlfriend at the time, uh, watched the game, finished 2 0 to Korea. Excellent. Score on the score sheet that night was uh, I think Che Teok, who Cheteok. played for Seoul for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, all summer before that. Uh-huh. And Kim Namil, uh, Incheon midfield enforcer. Yeah. I think when you look at that team, actually, it was it was a you know in large part the team that obviously you know played so well the following season. Uh, you're looking at guys like even. Your young Chadori play, playing in that fixture. Uh, Sol Ki Hyun, Lee Dong Gook, Lee Pyong Yo, uh, Lee Yong Pyo, um, Kim Nam Il, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, it looks like quite the team. Um, certainly, when you look at the Croatian side, actually, that, that played that night. Um, as I say, missing a few of the fixtures, uh, a few of the players who were who were there for the you know for, for the 1998 World Cup. But uh, you're still seeing guys like uh, Zvonimir Soldo, the winger who played there, and Balaban. Um, so no, by, and, and Yarny as well, Robert Yarny, uh, including Joseph Suminich as well, who was only recently uh, banned for life for, for Nazi salutes. So um, that's always a, 
That's always a good start, and Daniel Saric. Uh, so yeah, it means like it looks like a good uh, a good Croatia team. Um, anything else stand out about that fixture for you? I think a lot of the Korean fans were thinking we've got a brand new stadium. It's kind of a new dawn of Korean football. Obviously, Korea had been playing warm-up games against strong European teams and not been doing so well. So uh, the Korean fans weren't that optimistic, but the, obviously, as you say, Croatia were a strong team at that time. They came, they lost 2-0. So Korean fans maybe sort of started thinking, well, maybe we can do a little bit well in this World Cup. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll, we'll obviously the rest is history right yeah absolutely and that kind of seems to be the, the fixture that kick started the, the, the side obviously that, that did so well the, the following season so a uh, good choice for this week um, any ideas what we'll be looking at next week should we should we take it to its natural conclusion perhaps and, and go into a bit more detail about that 2002 World Cup squad that'd be worth a podcast of itself so maybe we should tackle that tackle that in the off season ok that's that's probably a good idea actually yeah the off season could be could be a good idea for that one ok so uh, we'll move on to the final segment which is to preview briefly the fixtures from, from this weekend uh, coming up um, so we'll start with Saturday's uh, 6pm kickoff. Uh, Inchon against Suwon um, after this weekend who do you fancy for that home win home all win. the way is that more in hope or in uh, expectation I, w- I would, I would love it. I would absolutely love it if if they I'd beat love them. It if we beat them, uh, I've got a feeling this one could end in a draw. Um, I think Inchon actually you know, been doing okay for the past few games, and uh, Suwon. I mean, I guess it's the same way. It depends on when Jonathan's back. Um, but you know, maybe maybe get a draw out of that one. Um, would be a good result. Good result for Inchon. Uh, although I can't see Guangzhou doing too much uh, in the remainder of the season. You know, it's almost mathematically uh, sure, impossible. Sure, the for it. For relegation, yeah, though. Must, I'm, I'm pretty uh, sure. Unless Kang Won get done over by the courts. Alright, you never do know. Uh, and that moves on to our next fixture, same time, 6 pm kickoff on Saturday. Uh, Ulsan at home to John Nam. Any ideas? Uh, you've got to fancy Ulsan in that. Yeah, uh, as much as I hope John Nam to win, but. Yeah, I fancy, fancy John Nam as well. Uh, and an interesting fixture uh, on, on the 7 o'clock kickoff on Saturday, Sanju against Jeju. Uh, I think three home wins would suit me fine in these Saturday fixtures. I think you might be right, but I'm going to take Jeju for this one. Uh, I've got a feeling that the kind of momentum's behind them a little bit, and I've got a feeling that they might want to uh, kind of press on, press on from the, the last couple of good results. Sanju Apache as well, but I still fancy Jumin Q to score. Jeju have also been kind of a little bit inconsistent, right? They're not. I mean, I don't know if I would say they've been inconsistent as such. If you look at the last five or six games, uh, they've only you know, they've lost one and what eight or nine. They've drawn two games. So they're due then. They're Jeju for a for a draw. Um, I, I mean, I guess you could say that, but no, I, I've got a feeling that Jeju might win that. That's probably the tie of the weekend for me. Um, probably the most interesting game in the, uh, in the classic this weekend uh, for me. But it's not one I will go to. Uh, instead, we'll be at Sangam on uh, Sunday afternoon for the Seoul Pohang game. So this will be the third week in a row that you said you're coming to watch a Seoul game. I'm just a tease. I've yet to see you. Yeah, but maybe I'm going and just uh, phantoming my way around the stadium. Yeah, uh, yeah so, so who do you fancy? Seoul or Pohang for, for Sunday's uh, 3 o'clock kickoff? Well, if you'd asked me two hours ago, I would have said Seoul. Mm-hmm. But Pohang obviously put on a bit of a show tonight. Um, be interesting to see if they can put up any kind of resistance on, on the weekend because they've been, as you said, they've been crap recently. But five goals is five goals tonight. Uh, there's also the, the added spice of uh, Huang playing against his or managing against his own old club. But he's just got the number, hasn't he? Well, I, I you just don't like me seeing anything that puts so in a favourable position because you end up losing one note inch on whenever I do, don't you? 
I, I just don't. I, th- I think Seoul are completely unpredictable. Yeah. So who knows what's going to happen? Welcome to the K League. Uh, I think then we've got John Buck and Daegu. Away win. <laughs> I've got John Buck in that one. And the final fixture Guangzhou against Gangwon. Um, the season's two relegated sides potentially. Yeah. That's probably going to be an away win. Yeah, uh, I suspect so too. Okay, let's finish off with, with, with a challenge. Um, so, another fixture, we'll start off with Sunday night. Uh, just for anyone living in Seoul, perhaps uh, a Sunday night double dunt, uh, a Super Sunday as it's known, where you can make it from uh, from from Sangnam to Jamso for the Elan game. Sangnam. Sangnam to, to, to Jamso for the... Sorry, we don't all speak Korean, mate. Uh, to the... Uh, to, to, to the biggest stadium in Seoul for the uh, for the Eland game, uh, which is a 7 p.m. kickoff. So from the biggest football-specific stadium in Asia to the biggest stadium in Seoul. I mean, could you call it football-specific? It's a bit it's a bit lumpy nowadays, mate, isn't it? Let's be honest. I guess they do use it for concerts and, yeah. and cyber games and stuff like that. But uh, the uh, they call the 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 Daredevils, the Red Devils, or something like that. The the ones that do the the airplane shows in the UK. The uh, um. Red Arrows The Red Arrows Aye uh, Maybe I have to use a nickname For your boys nowadays But uh, yeah Seoul Eland against Busan Sunday night 7pm kickoff. Any ideas? Um, you were just picking up Busan not 30 minutes ago So I'm going to go with them Yeah I've got a feeling That this uh, this could be a tough tie For Eland Busan are a, a real good outfit And especially if they play Like they did on Saturday um, It's going to be last week Where they conceded Three goals before half time And again The same thing on uh, on Saturday There are two goals Before half time They could be in for, for a bit of a night But then again They did defeat Gyeongram A couple of weeks ago Who, who were obviously the, the form team in the league At the time And if you don't fancy that For your double header you could also make it down to Songnam. Yeah, Songnam hosting Asan uh, in a really interesting fixture in, in the challenge. Probably the, the, the fixture of the weekend uh, in the challenge. Who have you got for that one? Um, I've got Mark not to make that. I've got Mark not to make it home if, if Songnam won that one. Um, but there's a spare bed here, mate. Don't worry about it. Um, move to Saturday's fixtures then, in it reverse order. Yeah, you know what um, we should do is get Mark drunk at Sangnam so that he doesn't, so that he goes to a championship instead of Songnam. Well, there's a beer cafe behind the behind the fence at Jamso, um, so maybe that's a terrible idea. Um, yeah, we've got uh, the three. This could be the seven o'clock kickoff on Saturday. Anyang and Ansan. Uh, that's probably going to be a home win, right? Ansan yeah. have not been good of late. I'd imagine so. Um, but then an interesting tie in the other kickoff of the night. Gyeongnam against third place Buchon. Again, you think Gyeongnam were the, clearly the strong side, and Buchon very inconsistent but with uh, Kingdom's wobble last weekend maybe Puchon have got a little bit of hope definitely um, uh, we've spoke at length about that Puchon front three um, the, the, you know, they're the good going forward nippy on the break um, so yeah they, they could certainly get them problems but uh, I guess it just depends on what Kingdom turn up at the end of the day yeah right final fixture of the week Suwon Dejon uh, <laughs> again you would have said that would be a home win but then Tejon did put in a good performance last week uh, they're not the most consistent size, so who knows if they can keep it going. A week ago, that would have been a lock, um, a victory for uh, uh, for, for Suwon. But yeah, as you say, at the end of the the, the weekend, there you're thinking that Dejon maybe be in with a chance. Uh, excellent. Well, thank you very much for your time. Uh, another over one hour podcast again. Sorry for all those listeners who uh, have actual things to do, real things to do. So it's a good job Mark wasn't here, right? Otherwise, we'd been looking at two hours. Absolutely. Uh, and as I noted earlier on, this week's uh, podcast is sponsored by uh, Desperados for all your beer and tequila needs. So, uh, Paul, any particular song you'd like to play us out with? Well, 
Mark's sole contribution to this week's podcast was su- suggesting we have an outro to do with the fact that Eland completely dominated Songnam this year mm-hmm. with what, you played four times now with was it yeah is it one or three times and I think it's one one and two draws I think so beat them definitely but anyway undefeated undefeated so he wanted something to do with that I think we should have something that, that mixes our sponsor and our missing host this evening as well so yeah we'll leave you with this one and uh, we'll see you for next week's episode